These are the bunt hits for Wednesday, October 4th. Get your brooms out, because all four series in the wildcard round were sweeps. And let's start out with the Rangers taking down the Rays 7-1. After a brutal Game 1 for the Rays, they turned to starter Zach Eflin to hopefully right the ship, and he did look good for the first three innings of work. However, the floodgates opened in the fourth, starting with an Adelise Garcia big fly on an Eflin off-speed pitch left in the zone. And from there, it was all things Rangers. Evan Carter sucked all life out of the trop with a two-run blast, capping off a four-run fourth inning. The 21-year-old Carter started off Game 2 with two more hits, including the homer, meaning that he had reached base safely in the first six at-bats he'd ever had in the playoffs. The second longest stretch, only behind Jorge Soler, who had a nine at-bat streak to start his postseason career back in 2015. After the fourth, the route was on as the Rangers added one more in the fifth and two more in the sixth, extending their lead to seven. The Rays' offense looked anemic as Nate Ivaldi cruised to a line of six and two-thirds innings, eight Ks, one earned run on six hits. Going into the seventh, the Rays had not scored a run in the series, and going back to their last playoff series, had gone a total of 33 innings without scoring a run. It took an RBI single by Curtis Mead to end the streak, just shy of a playoff record. However, that was the last gasp of life for the Rays in the 2023 season, which despite being a regular season darling that won 99 games, their season will be defined by their brutal injuries to star pitchers, the unresolved turmoil surrounding their all-star shortstop, whose future in the league is murky at best, and then the lifeless, utter collapse in the postseason. It could not be a different vibe in the other dugout, however, as the Rangers celebrated their clean dismantling of the opposition, and with this victory silenced a lot of doubters that didn't believe their pitching would be enough to make them a serious contender. Jordan Montgomery and Nate Ivaldi were brilliant in their starts, and there are recent reports that Bulldog starter Max Scherzer has been progressing better than expected in recovery from his injury which could be a massive boost to the team in later rounds of the playoffs, if things continue to trend in a positive direction. Manager Bruce Bochy has done an incredible job of turning things around in Arlington, as in his first season at the helm, he improved the team's record from a 68-94 performance last year to a 90-72 record this year, and will now get a shot at the exciting yet inexperienced Orioles in the ALDS. The 68-year-old future Hall of Fame manager, Bochy, who was at the helm of the Giants dynasty in the early 2010s, knows what it takes to win a title, and after seeing the outcome of this first-round series, his team is here to play. After a day of relief and elation for Twins players, organization members, and fans, the good vibes kept rolling in Game 2 of their series against the Blue Jays. Sonny Gray, who has found an excellent home at the top of Minnesota's rotation in recent years, was on the mound against former Twins ace Jose Barrios. Barrios, who was the first-round pick of the Twins back in 2012 and was a stalwart of their rotation from 2016 until his trade to Toronto at the 2021 trade deadline, was brilliant through his first three innings of work at his old home stadium, striking out five and allowing just three hits on around 40 pitches. However, after walking Royce Lewis to start the fourth inning, 
Blue Jays manager John Schneider exited his dugout and pulled Barrios from the game, opting for lefty starter Yusei Kikuchi to take over. Likely a premeditated plan before the game to only allow Barrios to pitch once through the dangerous Twins lineup, it looked like a head-scratching decision in the moment based on how sharp the righty from Puerto Rico looked. The decision was further scrutinized after Kikuchi allowed the next three batters to reach, including an RBI single from Carlos Correa with the bases juiced. While the Jays would get out of the inning with only two runs coming across to score, this move would be questioned greatly, and many will point at it as, once again, a manager in the postseason over-managing. Gray, on the other hand, for the Twins, was given full license to work out of any trouble he found himself in, which was quite frequent. However, Sonny on the day was an escape artist, avoiding any damage in the first, second, and fifth innings where one swing of the bat would turn the tide for the Jays. In the fifth, Toronto had red-hot Beau Bichette at the plate with runners on second and third and two outs when twin shortstop Carlos Correa called for a pickoff play, which was executed to perfection, nabbing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. off of second base. Guerrero Jr., who was taking an aggressive lead being the tying run in scoring position, could not hear his third base coach's warnings of a potential pickoff play due to the raucous crowd, and his aggressiveness turned out to be a massive mistake. This moment devastated the Blue Jays and put the Minnesota crowd further into a frenzy. The next inning, a similarly soul-sucking moment happened for the Jays, with Matt Chapman hitting an incredibly close foul ball that missed being a game-tying extra base hit by inches. But instead, the next pitch, he would hit into a double play. It was just one of those days for Toronto, who couldn't perform in the big moments, and it led to a 2-0 loss in the game and a 2-0 loss in the series. After suffering a wild card round sweep last year at the hands of the Mariners, to suffer the same outcome this season for a team that entered the season with sky-high expectations for themselves can only be defined as a massive disappointment. Having one of the best starting rotations in the league throughout the season, it was not their pitching that failed them down the line, but their lack of clutch, situational hitting being their demise once again. Tough to know whether to run it back again for a third year in a row, or if there need to be some bigger changes in regards to the team's composition. The Twins now get to celebrate ending their 21-year-long playoff series losing streak and get to take on leader Carlos Correa's old club, the Houston Astros. Houston, who still are in the midst of their dynasty that Correa was once a core piece of, are now looking to make their 7th consecutive AL Championship Series, and will need to take down the upstart Twins to do so. As the Twins celebrated their advancement in the playoffs, and Minnesota fans having backed their team for decades despite limited success were buzzing, Jose Barrios kneeled at the entryway of the visiting dugout, watching his old teammates share the joyous moment. Barrios, who ended up getting the loss in the game for his new team, sat there for minutes watching the scene, reminding us all how brutal this game can be. Staying in the Midwest, we hop over to Milwaukee, where the Brewers were looking to keep their season alive against the Diamondbacks and their ace, Zach Gallen. 
Gallen had started two other games this season against the Brew Crew, winning both and allowing just a single run in 14 innings. However, the Brewers hitters were ready for him to start the game, making the NL All-Star Game starter labor in the first, tagging him with two runs and making him throw 32 pitches, almost running him out of the game early on. However, after this ambush, Gallen settled in and proved his immense quality, going five brilliant innings afterwards, silencing Brewers' bats. Freddie Peralta, on the other hand, had the opposite day, looking absolutely unhittable for in his first few innings of work, not allowing a hit until Alec Thomas's solo shot with two outs in the fifth. Entering the sixth, down two to one, the Snakes hitters showed their fangs and quickly chased Peralta from the game after scoring two and grabbing the lead. They would go on to score four total in the inning, giving them a 5-2 lead, which they would hold on to for the rest of the game. Once again, Corbin Carroll looked like the best player at the park, having another multi-hit game and proving that his star only gets bigger when the lights are brightest. The D-backs now move on to face their division rival, Los Angeles Dodgers, and will hope that their top-end starting pitching, red-hot relief staff, and exciting young lineup can stop the juggernaut Dodgers, who live and breathe excellence. For Milwaukee, they now enter an offseason filled with question marks after core member of their front office and former president of baseball operations, David Stearns, took a job with the Mets and manager Craig Council enters free agency. Council, who is viewed by many as one of the top managers in the game, has overseen the Brew Crew's rise to being a consistent playoff contender in his nine years at the helm. Now, he's arguably the crown jewel of managers on the open market, and will be fascinating to see if he can be tempted by some other vacant positions that would likely have more money to spend than the small market brewers. And finally, the fourth and final sweep on the day, the Philadelphia Phillies took down the Miami Marlins. From the start of the series, there just seemed to be a gap in quality between the two teams, as once again, the Phils pitching perplexed Marlins hitters, this time Aaron Nola being the one that shoved. Nola went seven shutout innings and allowed just three hits and a walk, absolutely mowing down anyone that stepped in the batter's box. Luis Arise was clearly still bothered by his ankle sprain that he suffered in the middle of September, and without his production at the top of the order, the rest of Miami's offense completely fizzled out. Trey Turner and JT Realmuto both had a pair of hits, including two massive extra base hits, Turner's an RBI double and Realmuto's a solo shot. But the man of the moment for Philly was an unlikely hero, second baseman Bryson Stott, who stood up and drove the nail through the coffin for the Fish's 2023 season by smashing a grand slam in the sixth. And with it, pandemonium broke out in Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies' home has been a fortress during the playoffs, with their team holding a record of 24-11, or a 68.5 winning percentage, the best winning percentage of any team at their home ballpark in the playoffs. As a whole, this series can be defined as an experienced, polished team wrecking havoc on a budding talent that just wasn't ready for the moment. This can be shown through the work of their starting pitchers, one of Miami's strengths entering the series. However, in the biggest games of the year, lefties Jesus Lazardo and Braxton Garrett looked rattled, both combining for only six innings pitched, 11 hits, and five earned runs, 
while the Philly starters of Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola combined for 13 and two-thirds innings, eight hits, and only one earned run. As the Fish look to build off this year for next year, the Phillies look forward to their next series against the best team in baseball during the regular season and their own division rival, the Atlanta Braves. The Braves, who were upset by Philly in last year's ALDS series, will pit their historically good offense against a red-hot Philly team that look like they can take anyone on in this moment. There is a ton to look forward to in the second round of the playoffs. With there being four sweeps in the wildcard round, there will be no games until Saturday when we'll have all four series begin. We'll be covering all of those games, so please stay tuned for more bunt hits moving forward. Thanks so much again for listening.